All right, we're back for another podcast. Ray just knocked on my door and woke me up. I was sleeping. I was late for the podcast. I'm sorry, Ray. Hey, you got to apologize to Bobo. I don't want to apologize to him, dude. He's going to punch me in the mouth. You know you got to apologize to a fighter when his name is Bobo. Yeah, and he's a heavyweight, too. Oh, yeah. Too bad he's not a lightweight. I could take him out like a (laughs) (laughs) 125-er. I know you came in. You hit him with a calf kick. I would. I definitely hit him with a calf kick, especially those bare-knuckle boxer guys. So how was your day, K-Man? Man, I tell you what, I've been working crazy hours. Uh, last two weeks in a row, I worked Saturday and Sunday in the morning before I went to the gym. So I've been doing like 4 a.m. wake-ups. I worked like 4 to whatever, I worked four to 9.30 on Saturday, and then I coached from then until uh, 12. And then today I started work at 4, and then I worked all the way till uh, 8.30 and ran up to the gym. And I was at the gym from 8.30 in the morning to uh, 7.30 p.m., and then I came home and I crashed a little bit and I actually overslept the podcast. So now we're here, we're ready to go. I got a little drink to, to kick me up and uh, we're ready to go. All right. So let's tell the fans what we got here. <clears throat> Bobo O'Bannon. Bare knuckle fighter, heavyweight. Something just happened with his wife. I was uh, looking on Facebook real quick. I didn't quite see what happened, but uh, we will have to. We'll, we'll ask him about it. Yeah. And uh, he's fighting in a couple weeks, right? In two weeks. Two weeks. Damn. That's quick. Time goes by so fast. So we gotta watch him fight. You gotta come over to my house and watch him fight. All right, I will for sure. You got the the pass, right? Or are we stealing it like you steal all your other fights? I got the the app. Oh, all right. Why you only help the bare knuckle boxer guys? I like bare knuckle yeah. fighters. Yeah. I know. I know. That's the only one you pay yeah. for. Yeah. We'll have to tell Bobo that. Yeah. <laughs> David Feldman would be happy too. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's give him a call. Okay. Man, that was terrible. I burped on camera. <laughs> I did it again. Are you gonna edit that out? No, I'm definitely not editing anything out. <laughs> I'll turn this like this so you can see it. And then uh, we can put the phone in between us so he can hear me too. Okay. All right, let me We're old school technology here. Yeah, let me call him up. We still gotta practice doing a um uh, video podcast with each other so we can do video podcasts with these guys from far away. Yeah. But they usually come out shitty when they I see them all, all the time. Yeah, we got we to gotta get a fucking nerd or something to help us out yeah. with that. See we Mickey, where you at? We need a nerd. Oh, Mickey's fighting Saturday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This Saturday? Yeah. Okay, I, I got confused. I FCP is this Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Who he fighting? Anybody good? Uh, I honestly don't know. You were supposed to send me the guy's name. He never did, so. <laughs> Tell Mickey rolls. Mickey don't care. You train with Mickey, so how uh, how Mickey looking? Uh, In shape, or I know he got the muscles. He's getting big, dude, but, like, we were boxing, so he, no one wanted to box with him. You know how Mickey is. No one wants to roll, uh, work out with him. So I had to go grab some boxing gloves, and they're usually the laced-up kind where you tie the, the, the shoelaces around. And there's no laces in there. So he had MMA gloves on. And I had these like uh, 12 ounce gloves on that didn't have the laces in. And he kept grabbing them, that part of the gloves and hitting me. So I had to fuck them up a little bit. Oh. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. So I was hitting them up with the jab. Mickey needs to work on his jab a little bit. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's weird because I ain't hit the I ain't hit the phone. You know. Yeah, I hit it right either. Yeah, so let's try that again. That was really weird. Yeah. We just had it working. We actually tested it before the podcast just to make sure. Yeah. Let me see. Um. I feel like an old man trying to use a phone. <laughs> You look like one too now that we got video. <laughs> Damn. You suck. All right, call. Okay. All right. Try this again. There's no ringy ding dings. You got your volume up? Yeah. Hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, can, can, you, hear can you hear us? Okay, yes, sir. All right, sorry. We had some technical difficulties. Ray didn't know how to work his phone. 
<laughs> no, no, I understand how that goes. Uh, trust me. You're talking to a technical moron here. <laughs> yeah. And Caveman was sleeping. Yeah, I was sleeping, man. I apologize. I was up at four this morning, and uh, I worked all day, and then I had to teach all day, and uh, I fell asleep because Ray wasn't here, or he didn't call me on time. And then uh, he called me, and I was already sleeping, so I apologize for the late start. No, no, my man, look, you ain't got to apologize for me, to me for nothing. Uh, I know exactly how crazy life can be. I've, uh, matter of fact, my wife has uh, 11 or 12 different diseases, a couple heart diseases, nerve diseases. One of the nerve diseases messes with the... We was at the emergency room with her last night after getting done working on this house that we were trying to move into. Man, that's crazy. I saw a little bit about that on your Facebook. So what uh, what exactly happened with her? I, I heard that like she went out and she woke up and then you were there in the hospital with her. So what was the in-between part? So we're at this house that we're going to be renting from these people. They haven't lived in it in three or four years. So there's work that needs to be done. Long story short, that's what it is. Um, um, we were here and she was just in the living room. I told her, stay in the living room. You, your heart ain't been good. Her blood pressure has been high here uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, when I'm telling you high, it's been like, uh, 130, uh, 140 over 110 or 100. Well, that is extremely high for my wife because she takes uh, blood pressure medicine that keeps her blood pressure up. Uh, in other words, without her blood pressure medicine is makes her blood pressure come up, her blood pressure would be like uh, 95 over 80. That's a... That's a that's getting towards the bad part for her. A good blood pressure for her will be like um, 105 over 85. That's a good blood pressure for her. Uh, the the high end when she's feeling real good, the high end it'll be 110, 111 over like 86, 87. So for hers to be 130, 140 over 110, 150, it was 139 over 118. I think is what it was. But uh, anyhow, for it to be that high is extremely dangerous, and we don't understand why it got that high. It's that high right now. But she uh, last night, whenever it happened, her defibrillator shocked her. Uh, you know, she's got a pacemaker slash defibrillator in her chest, and uh, it shocked her three times whenever it got up that high. And uh, she got one of the kids to run back there and get me. I run in there and see her, and she says, baby, hospital so i just picked her up there uh there's about five foot tall worth of steps coming out of this house that we're uh that we're in here and i had to pick her up and carry her down them steps like a honeymoon cradle carry her down put her in the vehicle crank the uh you know buckle her up crank the car uh, there's an emergency room little local small town uh hospital emergency room right up the road here uh, it usually takes about six or seven minutes to get to. I found out last night we can make it in less than three. So, <laughs> Damn, man. Hard. I also I also found out that her 2019 Chevy Traverse I bought her, it does uh, it will do 100 at least 112 mile an hour. So <laughs> not that and so uh, we we got there. I got a buddy of mine, a guy that we've become friends with, another fighter. He's an MMA fighter. He lives in Maine. His name is Ras Hilton, and um, Ras was at the end of the driveway trying to trim some hedges that have kind of grown up towards the driveway, and uh, he sticks his tongue out and doing a cool little rock and roll sign, then he sees that I'm slinging grass everywhere while I'm coming down the driveway and decides that it was time for him to jump the heck out the way. Good <laughs> idea. Because then we would have had to send an ambulance back for him because I wasn't stopping at that point. But, uh, but yeah, we we get there and uh, I I have to get her out the car and I carry her. There's a car in in my way where I've got to walk into a flower bed to get past it. That car slams their vehicle in reverse and uh, spins the tires going backwards to give me room to get by because they seen you know I was carrying my wife into the hospital or carrying you know yeah and so uh, 
we get in there, a receptionist is trying to talk to somebody that she's trying to fill out some paperwork for. And uh, I, I raised my, I didn't holler, but I did raise my voice. I was very stern. I said, I have a heart patient with chest pain. Her defibrillator has went off three times. She said, whoa. Next thing I know, the double doors was opened up. They took me back. I filled them in with the quick information that they absolutely needed to keep from killing her. And then they asked me, they said, sir, can we need you. I said, we need you to leave. I threw my hands up. I said, oh, hold on. You're fine. I said, put your attention on her, not me. I promise you, I'm leaving. I said, I do not want to get in the way. Y'all need to concentrate on her. And I went walking out, and uh, they kind of hollered over their shoulder and said, stop by and check her in with the receptionist. I said, definitely. Thank you. And uh, so I, I literally walked her in there, laid her down in the hospital bed, and then started taking steps backwards so that, look, this is my wife. This is my best friend in the world. I love this woman with every ounce of who I am as a person. Um, I, like, I adore my wife. I, I, can't, I can't give you enough good details there for you to absolutely understand our relationship. But uh, whenever I laid her down in the hospital bed, I wanted to, without a doubt, man, I wanted to stand right there, be beside her, and hold her hand. But that's not what's best for my wife. What's best for my wife is for me to get all six foot three, 260 pounds of me out of the way so that they can get in there and help her. And so that's that's what I did. I got back, let them help her, and we uh, we spent, man, I don't know, we probably five six o'clock yesterday afternoon, I guess, about that time when we uh, got her to the emergency room, and then it was uh, around eleven thirty last night when they finally uh, released her. They thought she was having a stroke because of how high her blood pressure was. Then uh, she was having either a stroke or a heart attack. They thought so. Then they run tests on her. And they uh, found out who our normal cardiologist is, called him, and he wanted them to run a couple more tests to verify that there was no heart attack or stroke. And so they did and called him and give him them results, and he was satisfied and told them that it was safe at that point to uh, release her from the hospital. So, But uh, now she's got to go sometime this coming week to go see her normal cardiologist and uh see he's gonna interrogate what they call interrogate her defibrillator and uh which it's uh it's kind of like a magnetic pickup i guess for me being dumb and not really knowing what's what <laughs> they put over her defibrillator put it on her defibrillator and i guess so it reads kind of like a wireless phone charger you know where you don't have to plug your phone charger in it just sitting on the base and it charges it well, this kind of, I guess, uses the same technology because they just put something on the top of her chest over her defibrillator, and somehow or another it communicates with it, and it tells them what happened. So we are very anxious to get her to the uh, her heart doctor this coming week and so that we can find out what in the world happened to her. And uh, because I'm telling you, what, my, let, let me just fill you in on this. Uh, I have been working out here in the yard at this house that we're fixing to start renting all day long. I have rung, I, I promise to you, I took my shirt off and rung at least, at least a cup of water out of my shirt on three different occasions today. And uh, I have been sweaty all day long and still over here at this house where we have no shower curtains, no um toiletries no towels or anything waiting on her to feel better before we can go back home because uh right here we found out last night again less than three minutes from the hospital uh, uh we're like a 20 minute normal drive where we're living at currently with our parents so i could probably make that in about 13 minutes <laughs> but uh you know, three minutes sounds a lot better than 13 minutes to me right now with the condition she's in. So here here I am just, uh, me and Rass are roughing it out, being sweaty from working outside all day long, just uh, waiting for her to, her heart rate and blood pressure and everything to kind of level out a little bit so that we can go home and get us a shower and get in bed. Man, man, that's a lot. I mean, uh, it, can you... Um, now, when this happening, you got a fight coming up in two weeks. I mean, is it, are, will you be able to be focused for your fight? Oh yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> uh, this this is this is my life. Uh, uh, and, and look, uh, first of all, I I want to preface. I want to post and preface everything I just said and everything I'm gonna say. 
I am not in any means looking for any kind of pity party or sob story or anything like that. And I despise the thought of a pity party and despise the thought of anyone thinking that it's a sob story. I'm not saying y'all aren't thinking that. I'm just saying that that is not my intentions with what I'm saying. My intentions is just full disclosure, showing, you know, letting people know what my life really is all about. Now, with that being said, um, this is my life on a normal week-to-week, daily basis. Uh, she'll go through spells to where she'll be good for a while. Uh, when I when I'm telling you good, what I mean is she's not passing out. She's not uh, absolutely fighting with her blood pressure every day to regulate it. Uh, then she'll she'll get you know a few of those days, and then we'll get another couple of weeks to where she's fighting for her blood pressure to regulate. She's uh, constantly passing out. She's laid in bed all day long working on her laptop because just gets up and walk into the bathroom, which is about a 15 foot walk from where she lays out in the bed. Uh, that takes everything out of her, and so. Most days she spends just laying in the bed, just trying to recover and rest, let her body rest. And uh, and this this like I said, those style things are just part of my daily life. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I leave the house at at about five o'clock every morning, and uh, I get back from work at about uh, five o'clock that evening, and uh, my probably about. 4.50 in the evening times. I'll get home from work. I'll go inside, check on her, give her a kiss, change my clothes, uh, head right back down to the gym. My quote-unquote gym is at the volunteer fire department right now. Uh, that's where I have my heavy bags and all the stuff I need hung up at. I'll train with my trainer, Jason Williams. He lives in Wales in the United Kingdom, and we train via FaceTime. And then uh, I'll train with him to probably, I don't know, from 5, 5, 5.15, we'll train all the way up to about 6.30, 7 o'clock. And then uh, I come home, check on her again, get in the shower, uh, then get out of the shower, check on her again, and kind of get her what she needs, you know, keep her comfortable or whatever. And uh, that is my daily routine during my uh, work week and uh, every day of my life. And so, so for for something like this to happen, yeah, it's, yeah, this is extra. I, I I won't try to hide it. You know, yeah, this this is extra. This is extra, not special, but extra on them to a bad, to a negative standpoint on the way things normally run. But at the same time, man, you know, I do have a fight coming up. Uh, I am mentally focused for this fight because. I am kind of quote unquote used to this kind of stuff happening. And I hate to say that. And that is not a derogatory remark towards my wife in any kind of way, but we, her and I both, we are used to her having to deal with these sorts of things. And uh, I say her having to deal with it because without a doubt, she is the one that's had to deal with it. Man, I, I can't take any credit for anything and I won't take any credit for anything because all I do is the same thing that she would do if the tables was turned. You know, she would be right there supporting me, you know, helping me in every way that she could if the tables was the other way around. So, uh, you know, I'm just, that's, I'm, I promise you, my wife is my best friend. She, not only is she my current best friend, she's the best friend I've ever had in my entire life. And uh, I love I love that, man. You got a lot of stuff going on. I have so many questions racing through my mind right now, like listening to your whole story. Um, man, so far away. All right. So number one, what do you do during the day? If you work on five in the morning and five at night, that's like a 12-hour day. I definitely understand that. But uh, what do you do? I mean, you got to have some kind of great insurance to be dealing with all these problems that you got going on, right? Yes, sir. We have pretty good insurance. We, uh, Matter of fact, our, I work for Georgia Pacific Paper Mill. Our... Uh, our insurance, we got a, a bronze, silver, and no, we got a silver, gold, and platinum plan. I got to pay for the platinum plan because paying that, uh, you know, extra weekly payment actually saves us money in the long run. So, uh, but we do have real good insurance. I am a millwright at Georgia Pacific. Millwright is just a fancy term for a maintenance mechanic, you know, so, uh, I deal with pulling motors, electric motors, and gearboxes and pumps and replacing them. And, you know, uh, you got the hammer mills that chops up the wood and 
uh, beats up the bark and everything. I'll change the hammers out on them. We rebuild them and, you know, uh, anything that deals with rotating equipment. We got the long uh, conveyor belts out there that carries the wood chips on them. We got to do maintenance work on them, change bearings, change rolls. Sometimes we'll have to uh, call in the belt company to come change the belts, you know, just different things of that sort. So boiling it down real short, real quick. I'm a maintenance man for a, a paper mill. Man, so are you union brother? No, no. Oh uh, man. We, uh. No, we, we we're a non-union mill. Georgia Pacific does have union mills, and whenever uh, I work, I used to at one time work in Bruton, Alabama, at the Georgia Pacific Paper Mill. We were living in Mobile at the time, and it was an hour and thirty-two minute drive one way, according to GPS, from Yikes. my driveway to work. And uh, I drove that every day for 10 months. And while I was up there, that was a union meal, and I was part of the union up there. All right, so one last hashtag for this podcast. Go ahead, Ray. What were you going to say? Yeah, K-Man's a union guy. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm the union steward at my place, so I got I to gotta pump the unions. and not trying to hashtag it so I get some more uh, viewers in the, uh, the podcast world, too. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> always always a, a plan. So, uh, Bubbo, so how you started... Um, how you got in the fight business? Man, look, whenever I was uh, I was one of them kids that uh, I, um, I was a tra- my my father was a pastor when I was growing up, so I, I was just right off the bat I was automatically one of the quote unquote bad kids. But I was I was actually a really really good kid. I didn't get into trouble until I got into high school, and all my trouble was private trouble that I didn't let people know about. But we had a party one weekend, and there was a beer found in my truck. So I ended up spending an extra uh, year in high school. I graduated uh, about a month or two after I graduated. I turned 19 years old. But uh, while I was in high school and I was 18, they were telling me about this tough man contest at the fairgrounds in Mobile down there. And uh, said that you can win $1,000 if you win that tough man contest. I was shoot. Here I am, one of the star athletes in the high school. You know, I went to a 6A high school, and I was a star offensive lineman. Had uh, more college recruiting letters than most of our uh, anybody on the team, really. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I was an athlete. So I decided I want to go and fight that tough man contest. I'd get in there, and I'd knock out the first two people. And then the uh, third guy would have experience, and he'd usually beat my ears off my head, man. It, it always be bad that third fight would. And uh, at the time, I was uh, 335 pounds, and uh, I had gotten into bodybuilding also. After, uh, you know, the extra year in high school, I decided to get into bodybuilding while I was out of high school and working. And uh, so I got to where I could uh, – after my chest workout, I could go back to the bench press and put 405 on there, and I could bench press 405 four times. And so, uh, you know, I'd gotten to where I was pretty strong. I'd, I would go, uh, I would take 315 pounds. I would take it for uh, two sets of 15 reps. Is uh, And so, you know, on the bench press. So, you know, I was a, I was a big, strong kid. And uh, then they were telling me about a tough man contest, so I decided to go up there, you know, got beat on whatever. Then I decided that uh, there was a trainer up there that trained professional fighters, and uh, he wanted wanted me to come train with him because he said I had a whole bunch of heart and liked the way that uh, <laughs> liked the way that I'd stay in there and let that third fighter just beat my eyes shut every <laughs> time. So, uh, so I started training with him, and I found out that uh, I needed to stop lifting weights. So I went from 335 pounds down to 225 pounds in about 10 months' time because I quit lifting weights. That's nice. the only thing I changed. I didn't change my diet or nothing. I just stopped lifting weights, and I went from 335 to 225, you know, in boxing. And uh, go out to the fairgrounds in mobile county uh in 2007 and won all the tough man contests in 2007 at the fairgrounds and then uh we went september of the year i believe it was to the hard rock center in bluxy and fought the one that was on tv you know the yellow and black original tough man contest oh yeah and uh i won it at uh the hard rock in 2007 
And they wanted me to come to the World Tough Man Contest, but it was going to cost me too much money to get there. So I opted out of that, and I turned pro in boxing in uh, December of that year. But the the Tough Man Contest at the fairgrounds is how I got my original story. I was just some big, young, tough, brawny kid from that uh, – Played football and was a good athlete, and then uh, I found out quickly that wasn't enough, and I started training. That's a great story, man. So, how did you end up going from fighting locally and, and mobile to uh, um, having an online trainer from the United Kingdom? I know that that's probably where Bare Knuckle is most famous for and and originates from. But how did, how does the online training work? How are you guys able to get together, like? Can you just go over that? Like, I'm, that kind of blows my mind that you have your trainers online and, like, all the way across the world. Yes, sir. How did I go from fighting in town to this? Uh, I started, I went pro, and I fought pro boxing for a while. I took eight, nine years off after the end of my quote-unquote world boxing career. At one time, I used to spar with Deontay Wilder a pretty good bit. And I think we sparred probably 10 or 12 times, and that was all in like a year, six months to a year time span. But uh, then uh, I quit for a while, and I seen my buddy uh, Brock Weaver. I seen him uh, on his Facebook. He was posting. He had pictures of Mr. Roy Jones Sr. wrapping his hands, and uh, he was fighting a bare-knuckle fight. And I just, in my mind, that just had to be uh, – typo you know just there's no such thing as bare knuckle fighting and so i messaged brock and he's like man bubba me and mr roy was talking about you last night the fight mr roy said that this is your stuff that you need to be doing this he wish he could get in touch with you to uh get you back out here and get you fighting bare knuckle so i called mr roy and uh went and was uh training with him for a while over in pensacola over there i would just stop by there on my way home from work uh <laughs> and uh was training with him, trained with him for a few months. Mr. Roy got sick, and I started training with my trainer in Mobile. And uh, then all of a sudden, I had to, after that fight, after that first fight, my uh, job wouldn't let me uh, fight no more. Told me that I wasn't allowed to fight no more. I'd be fired. <laughs> so I found a different job, and uh, they <laughs> let me fight. And uh, then they let me fight that that one fight. And uh, the first job told me I couldn't even fight my first fight or I was going to get fired, so I had to leave them. And then the second job told me uh, after that fight that I couldn't fight anymore. <laughs> and so I was like, man, this sucks. So the next one where I took the almost year and a half off, and then um, I'm working at Georgia Pacific in uh, New Augusta, Mississippi now. And uh, they, um, I was got to talking to them about my fighting career and my fighting past and everything. And I was like, dude, that'd be awesome to have a employee that fights professional television. I was like, well, heck, yeah, that's all I needed to hear there, man. <laughs> So wow. uh, I went went back to training and uh, man, I you know I drive an hour and fifteen minutes one way to a trainer who wasn't working for me. Don't fit into my budget. Don't fit into my time frame with taking care of my wife and everything. So uh, I had a guy reach out to me, Jason Williams. He said, "Hey man, look, I live over here in Wales in the United Kingdom, and I train bare knuckle fighters. You know, it's been a thing over here for a few years now." Um, I was watching you fight uh, your fights, and uh, I believe I can help you tremendously. I said, really? He said, yeah, I really can. So before I fought uh, Arnold Adams, I had a question about my jab, you know, and uh, there was a certain way, one way I was telling it, and I was questioning it a different way, and I couldn't make the different way work. Well, uh, Jason sent me that message, and I was typing out a message telling him, no, thank you. I prayed about it and stopped. I got a feeling, so I stopped typing it, and I prayed about it, and uh, I got an easy feeling over it. So I was like, all right, well, Lord, that's what we're fixing to do then. So I sent him a message, told him we'd try it out. The very first thing he goes to teaching me is how to do that jab that I was trying to figure out. And uh, I was like, man, you know, if that ain't confirmation from God, I don't know what is. So I, I instantly, within the first 10 minutes, decided that this was just going to be my new trainer. So what we do is I go in the gym. I'll uh, call him via FaceTime on WhatsApp, and uh, I'll prop my phone up where he can see me, and uh, he'll uh, he'll teach me what to do. Now, he, he shows me with his, you know, how to do it through the phone. I'll watch the phone, watch him doing it, and he'll show me what I'm doing. I've got a, a 
uh, headset on made by Aftershock that I uh, used to uh, listen to it where I can actually hear him while I'm training and punching and everything. And, uh, man, I want y'all to know that I just think it's absolutely awesome, just pure amazing, the things that this man can teach me via FaceTime. This dude's halfway, a quarter of the way around the world, and uh, chances are there is huge chance I may never actually see this man face-to-face, but I've spent hours with this man in the gym with him teaching me how to do things, showing me the right way and showing me different ways and, you know, fixing my form and everything, and he has turned me into what you saw me as against uh, uh, Zach Kalmas. If you go back and look at my fight against Mike Kyle, where I still won the fight, I look way better against Zach Kalmas. Now, delete the fact of the caliber opponent or whatever any other people have told me, don't worry about none of that. Look at me. Look at how I perform. Look at my angles and step, the way I throw my punches and everything. I was way, way better looking against Zach Cummins. And that's all thanks to Jason Williams with Boxer Tricks at a Wells over in the United Kingdom. So does he do this with a lot of other fighters or is it exclusively with you? How did like how does he get paid? How does this all work? This is kinda crazy to me. Like I mean Yeah, he uh he he's got uh several clients from over there. That uh, he he does do strictly, you know, they they're in a very 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 strict COVID lockdown over there, and they were, and I think they're heading back towards it now. But uh, he uh, he's got several clients that he does it via Facetime with, you know, they pay him just like they're coming to the gym, with the exception of now they're doing it via Facetime, but they also have one-on-one instruction with him. And the difference that he's made in some of these other guys who are fighting and just training with him is tremendous. And uh, he showed me some videos, some before and after videos of working with him online. It's just amazing the difference that he's made in on the way he can teach just via FaceTime. And uh, But he, he also, uh, whenever the COVID lockdown's not going on, he also goes to gyms and trains other fighters. He's got a fighter over there named uh, Dan Larewell. <laughs> And uh, Dan Larrell is a BKB fighter. He's fixing a fight for, I think, the middleweight title coming up um, next week. And uh, he is, uh, Dan's known as a knockout artist over there. And uh, he, I've watched some of his fights, and that nickname is very well, uh, very well assigned because that baby is good. Man, that, that's pretty crazy how technology works today. I can't even imagine, like... Even just five years ago, none of this stuff would be happening. COVID definitely helped with the, like, uh, FaceTime and uh, all the other apps where you can actually, like, work with someone from yeah, far away. The, the, the Gracie's does that. The, the right. Yeah, the Gracie Online. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, Look, man, whenever, whenever I was in high school, we was just talking about, y'all believe that? They're talking about having it where we can look at somebody while we talk to them and they can be hours worth of a drive away from us and we can look at them on the phone while we're talking to them. Y'all believe that? I'm like, nah, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> well, then next thing you know, here we are. We're doing it and doing it on a, a, a worldwide televised platform as well. That's some Jetson shit for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen to this. Jason trains me via FaceTime. Jason also cornered me via FaceTime. <laughs> my, uh, I've got a real, real good friend of mine, Eric D'Angelo. We call him Easy. Easy is on FaceTime with my trainer. He's got the headset on and doing the phone on the FaceTime to where he can show my trainer what's going on. And uh, my trainer will holler out commands, and Easy will holler them out to me. <laughs> well. It takes four seconds for him to get the image, then two seconds to decide what to tell me, then four seconds for it easy to get the instructions back, and then another two seconds to call it out to me. I'm 12 seconds late on the information I'm getting. <laughs> but but what it does, he hollers out the commands, and I understand where I should have applied them because I spent so much time training with Jason. I mean, we trained three or four days a week, every single week. And, uh, hey, I even uh, went the week after the fight I just had with Kalmus. Uh, uh, I went to him. We trained two times the uh, very next week 
because I'm hard headed and wouldn't take any time off. But still, we did. And uh, so, you know, he then hollered the instructions out. I knew that they was 12 seconds late because I once I heard what they was telling me to do, I remember seeing where to apply that at. So the next time that opening comes around, I was able to apply what he, they were telling me to do. And, uh, and it, you know, as fighters, we're all fighters. We all have habits. We all have uh, certain things that we do. And sure enough, it wouldn't be long till he would do what uh, they would, you know, do that thing again where the, and give me the opportunity to apply what they had told me to do. And it worked out very, very good. Bare Knuckle Boxing doesn't have any problems with you uh, doing that? They hadn't said anything to me. I mean, uh, we should probably I, keep this quiet because, like, you can actually, he can watch on, on the, the feed, see what the other corner's telling you, get that information back to your corner. So now you can hear what both corners are saying and you're getting both sides into your ear. That's actually not, not a bad chance. idea. David no, you should definitely do that. David <laughs> Feldman, don't don't listen to Kate Man. It would never it would never work. There's not a chance it would never work. The reason why even let's let's just pretend for a second that we were trying to be some evil scientists and <laughs> that's what we were gonna do. It would never work because whenever Jason was doing the FaceTime with us, he's getting the video, it's about a four second, three or four second delay. And he started hollering in the room in there once the fight was over with. And uh, his kids were in the other room watching the fight on the television. And he said it was a good 45 seconds later to a minute later when they were hollering in there at the fight being over with. Ah. So but while, while he was hollering at the fight being over with, they were just now seeing that we were uh, the round was over with. And, you know, it wasn't until the end of the break before the fight was over with. Sounds so, like you need a mad caveman scientist over in the corner to uh, work some magic for you guys. <laughs> right, right. Look, this is what I need if you want to be honest about it. And, and think, think about how much publicity this would bring and how many views this would bring. Imagine if they would fly my trainer over for my fights. They should definitely now, do that. That would that would bring some eyes. That would bring some recognition to a company there. If if they would pay for my trainer to uh, fly over from Wales so that I could have him in my corner with me right there instead of having the disadvantage of him being on FaceTime, then whenever I come back to the corner, they put the headset on me, and all I can do is listen to him. I can't see what he's telling me. I can only hear his words. You know, I mean, that's a I, somebody online was saying, "Oh man, you're cheating! You're cheating! You've got three people in your corner because you had two corner men, then the man on the headset." I was like, "Hey, bud, I tell you what, uh, I would challenge you. I will gladly challenge you. Let your fighter be in the ring with." Two people cornered him. One of them, one of my corner men was a sponsor who had never been around fighting much in his life at all. The other one was my real good friend, Eric. Uh, Easy. Easy had only been around fighting for about since I fought Mike Kyle. Whenever I fought Mike Kyle and started training, Easy had started training with me a little bit then. So September, less than a year, Easy is how long he's been around fighting. I'd had z- about zero knowledge of fighting in my corner. All they were doing is handing me water and putting a head <laughs> on me. Hey, <laughs> you know, if, 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 if bare knuckle fighting comes to uh, Buffalo, Western New York, you got a corner man over here, the caveman. Now, of course. I corner lots of pro fights. I'm pretty good at handing out the water. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, that's that's uh. And, and and to be honest with you, man, one one guy that was in my corner was handing me water bottles. <laughs> the other guy that was in my corner was wiping me off and putting a headset on me. Dang. That's it. That, that's what my corner man did. Now I'm I'm not uh, picking on them or talking bad about them in any shape, form, or fashion. But that's just what happened because the guy that was giving me an instruction, the guy that was actually helping me was on the headset. He would be in the middle of telling me something important. And because the referee told me to come on, I've got to take the headset off and give it back. And I'm not even finished hearing my instructions. (laughs) That's rough, man. That's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at the same time, look, man, If where there's a will, there's a way. If you want it bad enough, you will find a way to make it happen. And that's all I'm doing here. I'm just finding a way to make it happen. I do not have the luxury of having a trainer right here with me where I live at in the woods and you know, being able to work with me every single day. So this guy reaches out to me from Wales and wanting to train me via FaceTime. Look. He has told me a few times before that he never dreamed in a million years that he would actually be cornering me on pay-per-view television via FaceTime. That's insane. That's still insane to me. Like I feel like we're in a Twilight Zone or some shit. This like <laughs> you're fighting with a headset, dude. This is crazy. It's like some Black Mirror shit. Right, right. And then, and, and like I said, I did the math for you and explained it to you. It's about 12 seconds late that I'm getting the instructions for him in the middle of the fight, dude. In some fights, getting them instructions 12 seconds late that can be detrimental. And and it's still, the truth be told, had I received the instructions from him while he was in the corner hollering at me with him actually being there, that fight would have been over with quicker. But because I had to wait until the next time around to apply what he told me, then now I'm having to hang on to two or three things that I'm hearing because I've seen the two or three spots where I needed to do those things. So now I'm having to hang on to two or three different instructions at a time. At the same time, that my corner man's hollering at me, telling me things to do. You know, my other corner man is hollering at me, telling me things that he thinks I need to do. You know, and I'm, dude, you got to be smart. You got to be quick with it to, <laughs> to do it like that, man. And and for that guy that on Facebook trying to tell me, oh, you was cheating. You had, you technically had three people in your corner. Hey, bud, I'll tell you what. If your fighter is willing to let his trainer be on just a headset and not be able to see his trainer, not be able to see the range of motion his trainer's telling him to do, you go right on ahead then. I got no problems with it. I mean, we'll do it. What's fair is fair. You you corner your fighter via uh, FaceTime and let him have two other seconds in there and I'll uh, my fighter, my trainer, or corner me via FaceTime, and have uh, two other, you know, two other people in there. So, but they uh, they backed out. They didn't want to do it the other way. Don't let the, don't let the Facebook hate get you down, Bobo. That's like some crazy shit because like you gotta be like Joe Rogan and just post and forget about it. You can't be looking at all that stuff, man. You're out yeah. there doing something that not a lot of people are doing, and you you're got, doing it in a crazy listen, way. You gotta have a lot of guys. Right. You got a lot of guys out there that never fought before and never trained, and they, they talk shit to fighters. Yeah, Ray does that. But Ray actually fought, so it's okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Look, man, this, this, is, this is what I want. I want these people saying these things. I want these people having this hatred, this ugliness towards me. I also want these people that love me. I, I, I want to have these people that just can't wait to see me fight again. The reason why. I cannot, uh, with, it is imperative that I do not have anybody that sees about me as a fighter, hears about me as a fighter, and they're like, eh, okay, whatever. I can't have that. I got to have them either love me to death or hate me so bad that they want to buy the pay-per-views to watch me get my head knocked off. <laughs> I can't be in the middle. I can't have anybody in the middle because if you hate me, you're going to buy the pay-per-view to watch me get beat up. If you love me, you're going to buy the pay-per-view hoping I win. But either way, love me or hate me, you're still buying a pay-per-view on my account. And that's what I need. That's what I've got to have. I can't have people just not care whether I win, not care whether I even fight again or not. Because uh, then then they're not going to buy the pay-per-view. If they don't care about you, they're not going to buy the pay-per-view to watch you. Man, with your story, with us helping you get your story out, this story is like so crazy. People are going to tune in just to see what the hell is going on with you. You sound like this is a, one of the craziest interviews we've ever had. We've been doing this, what, like four years now, Ray? Yeah. Four and a half years. <laughs> this is probably the craziest interview we've ever had. You're listening to some dude talk to you on FaceTime that like could be like some crazy guy or something. Like, we don't, like, this is insane. Your wife's like, Dying and like not, I don't mean to say it like that, but like no, no, you got all kinds of like crazy you. stuff, like right the week of the fight. Like, Jesus Christ, man, I'm yeah, all, I'm a sweat yeah. and listen to your life. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, matter of fact, I've got like, like I told you, I've got my uh, I'm sitting in the car right now, uh, on, with my phone on charge so that I can talk to y'all and actually have a good signal. 
And uh, my, my buddy Rass, I just watched him carry my wife down the steps and uh, set her down in a chair outside. You know, apparently she got it uncomfortable inside, which happens a lot. But uh, so, you know, seeing as how she can't walk and she doggone sure can't walk on steps, you know, if she passes out coming down or going up the steps, that's going to be really bad. So anyhow, he just carried her out and set her down or whatever. And, you know, for me, I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Rass carried her out. You know, thank you, buddy. Yeah. For anybody else, anybody else sees in there, they're going to be like, oh, my God, y'all hold on. Let me go check on my wife. Something's going on. Blah, blah. You know, and I, I just, I kind of sit back and I have to laugh at it sometimes at how these quote-unquote extreme measures are just another day in the park for us. With your life so crazy, does fighting seem normal? Like, it doesn't seem like fighting, it seems like fighting is probably the most normal thing you do in your life. Uh... I, I man, I, I really, I can't, I can't give you a good answer on that. There's uh because all of it kind of seems normal to me at this point, you know, because this is, this is sincerely, this is every single day. Um, you know, I, I go and I train, um, like I say, every single day. I go to work every single day. I take care of my wife every single day. You know, so whenever you start doing something every day at, at that point, at that time, it just, it's normal. You know, it, it's no longer. Now, if, if you got something, if you go to work once a month or you go and train once a month or you, your wife gets sick, you know, once a month, then that's an irregular pattern. But once you get a normal pattern, then it just becomes a normal thing. It seems like that yeah. you're under a lot of stress. So, like, normally you associate your fight with a lot of stress. But it seems like the fight might be one of the least stressful things in your life. So, like... I agree with that. Like, <laughs> like going out to fight just seems like a, a regular good thing. Like, that's so abnormal for a fighter. Normally, like, there's, you have so much stress when there's a fight coming up for you. It's probably like, oh, man, at least one day I don't have all this other shit going on in my life. We can just but, go there and punch someone in but, the face. But, but I bet you uh, he's taking out his opponent. Yeah, probably. Yeah. In the mar, right, right, Bobo? Say, say that one more time. You hit your opponent in the face and have released, uh, released the stress? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I'm fixing to tell you all something. I guess it might be a little more crazy than anything else I've said so far. Um, <laughs> the enjoyable part for me is getting punched in the face. Sounds like a lot uh, of self-hate, bro. Sounds like you have yeah. a lot of stuff going on in your life. No, quite the contrary, actually. Uh, it when, when I get punched in the mouth, when I get hit with a clean shot, when I get punched in the forehead, whatever, wherever on my face I get punched, it kind of jars me for just a second. And uh, whenever it jars me, uh, it's kind of like I still see what's going on. I still see what's happening, but I'm kind of uh, like a kid sitting on the couch playing a video game at that point. I'm no longer like in my body i guess i don't know it's kind of weird to explain because i am there but it's like i'm just watching what's going on i'm not actually participating in it anymore i'm just watching what's going on and it gives me an opportunity where i feel like i don't actually have to do anything i don't actually have to live this life anymore i just get to watch and observe this life now and uh and like i say i, I know that's weird i know that's like all right, we're on the phone with a psycho right now. <laughs> Sounds like you're eating mushrooms before you go out there and fight. Do what now? Sounds like you're eating mushrooms before you go out there and fight. Like you know, everything's just floating around. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right, right, but no, and, and it's kind of it's kind of like my release, my way of uh, getting away, or how, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, my vacation. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to find the exact terms to put it in or whatever i know uh, i know the i know the feeling you're talking about like when you get hit and you're like you're it's like an out-of-body experience because you're a little bit concussed and your mind's not working right it's a little bit slowed down the whole world stops and all all you can you don't even feel anything you're just moving and you're not in control but you're still in control because you did so many reps in the gym your body's just doing what it's supposed to do. I know exactly what you're talking about because exactly. everyone you're that no fights longer. that's been there, like we we understand that feeling, man. And like for people listening, this is not abnormal. This is like well, this is why we get concussions because <laughs> it yeah, feels yeah, exactly. good sometimes. Once you get 
hit and it kind of quote unquote knocks the cheese off your cracker a little bit, <laughs> then uh, you, you're not technically still sitting right there in the driver's seat anymore. It's like your body's on autopilot, but you kind of still are driving because your body's only doing what you have told it to do with all the reps in the gym and everything. And so you're, you're kind of experiencing your body just going through muscle memory and just, like I say, just doing the things that you've already told it to do. And, uh, you don't really have to think about anything because your body's doing the reacting. It's like you're getting to ride around rather than be the driver. Awesome. It's a very weird experience, <laughs> but <laughs> if, if you ever get the chance to experience it, you will never forget that. No, it's tough. Like a lot of people never really been punched in the face hard enough to be rattled where they, they feel that. And people that have, they don't train, so they don't understand. Like their body doesn't move like that. It's just everything has to move. Everything has to be right for you to get that feeling. That's like that in the zone fighting feeling. Exactly. Exactly. I had that feeling before my yeah. first fight. Uh-huh. I felt like everything was slow motion. When you're we... fighting Gagnon and you yeah. knock him into the next month. Yeah. Next like, year. Everything... He's probably just catching up with us right now. He's hearing this podcast yeah, in the cage I... right now. Yeah, it was like slow motion. It felt yeah. like slow motion. Yeah, then he bled all over me. Thanks a lot. And then I was like, I was hitting him in the face, and then it was like, I don't know, it just felt like in slow motion. Yeah, definitely. Look, man, I was in a fight one time, and uh, after the fight, I woke up the next morning, and what I'm telling you is 100% true information. I promise you, I'm not lying. The next morning, they had to let me know that I had already fought. I didn't believe them, so I had to go to the uh, bathroom at the hotel and look at my face, and it was very evident that I had already fought. And then I started asking questions, you know, just simple, normal questions, post-fight questions like, uh, you know, uh, am I married? Do I have kids? Where do I work? Do I still have a car? <laughs> you know, just simple questions like that. And uh, it was just stuff I didn't remember. And uh, that was that was kind of crazy, you know. I didn't, didn't even remember who I was in a relationship with. Didn't remember if I had kids or not yet. Was Damn. I still in high school? Did I have a full-time job yet? You know, just little simple stuff, I guess. <laughs> and the mind's amazing. It's a crazy thing. All right, we got about 10 minutes left, and I see that you like to ramble on a little bit, so... Do you have any sponsors you want to thank? And would you, uh, why don't you give a big plug to your upcoming fight in the next couple of weeks? Rumsey coming up. I already know Lewis Rumsey is a long time uh, MMA veteran. He's uh, one and one in the bare knuckle organization right now. His last fight, he's coming off of a TKO victory. Uh, I've got. Uh, my sponsors, I've got Ryan Longmire with Texas in time. I got, uh, let's see, hold on, my wife's giving me the phone right now. Tim, you know, with Be Lit Organics. I got Matt Zifferblatt at Healthy One Inc. Dan Stevens at BW Sports One. Ryan Longmire at Texas in time. Um, uh, Jay Davis at Turp House. Farms. I got William Vaughn at On Point Embroidery. Uh, he goes by BJ. I've got Aaron Gates, uh, Wicked Fabrications. This guy has gone above and beyond. This man actually lets me come uh, work with him on weekends for uh, side money and pays me very handsomely for it. Um, I got Jimmy Lane and Steve McCluskey at Lane Construction. Mr. Jimmy Lane has gone way above and beyond doing stuff for us in our personal life and doing things to help sponsor me. And I'm very thankful for him. And, uh, that's, uh, that's all I've got right now at this point. If I missed anybody, I am sorry, but, uh, I'm going to blame it on my wife. because (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to do it, man. We appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to come on our show, man. We really appreciate it. We'll be watching you. You're, Ray is the only, uh, he steals all the fights, except he pays for bare knuckle boxing. So we actually go over to his house to watch that, because I won't watch all the stolen stuff. I always like to support the organizations. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, Ray's got in with David Feldman, so if you need to talk to someone, you should be talking with Ray. He talks with Dave all the time. There we go. There we go. That's, that's beautiful stuff, man. 
All right, thank you very much for your time, Bobos. You're a very interesting character, and this is probably the most unusual podcast I've ever had. <laughs> well, thank you. I, uh, I guess I kind of strive a little bit to be a little unusual. <laughs> well, you definitely you hit your goal, man. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you. Good luck with your wife. Best wishes and uh, best health to both you guys. Yeah, good luck for thank your, you. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a blessed Good luck right. with your fight. We want... We, me and K-Man will be watching it. He don't need luck, bro. He's going to go out there and smash the guy four seconds behind. <laughs> I don't know about no four seconds. I want to make it exciting. Let, it, let us beat on each other a little bit. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a blessed evening. You too, Bobo. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes, Bye. Bro, that is a motherfucking crazy dude. <laughs> That's some crazy shit, Ray. That's one of the most unusual people we've had on there, except for Mark Hall. With oh, tie yeah. hookers up in the oh, trunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's up, that's up there. Yeah. If you haven't listened to Mark Hall podcast, you got to listen to that one. Yeah. Uh, the Mark Coleman one would have been that good, but we had to cut a lot out. Yeah. And then... Um, I still have all the audio from that. I should just post that. Do the uh, the do raw a, one. Do a... Do a um, uh, uncensored... Uh, uncensored Mark Coleman <laughs> one. We'll put it on Patreon. You got to pay to listen to it. <laughs> it's worth the money. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. Trust me, <laughs> it's worth the money. Oh man, I we're too good of people. We should definitely like sold a shot of that one. <laughs> we'll probably be famous now. Listen, um, yeah, this podcast was uh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was M- Mark Hall, like right next to that one, right? Yeah. Uh, the even. Uh huh. Yeah. Nah, this guy's. Mark Hall's crazier. Because he had hookers in the... Yeah, because he's like, he's yeah, got, right. just got done talking about what a great church fallen guy he is. And I was like, yeah, like duct tape hook, hookers up and put him in my truck. Oh, can we cut that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and after the podcast, he kept sending me a message. Yeah, he's like, don't hey, put that one up. Can you, can you cut some of that stuff? Yeah. I'm serious, man. I'm like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't edit nothing. That's K-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you said that stuff. <laughs> Coleman uh, gave a... I hooked up. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was our man. first big guy, so we had to like be nice. Yeah, and he had some alcohol. Yeah, yeah, he was a little drunk. We yeah. we got some good stuff. Yeah, but if you want to pay, you can hear it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <sighs> I got a new uh, Xbox Series X coming. Oh come on. Yeah, twentieth. You traitor. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't get PlayStation Five. I sold out early. I'm gonna get them both. Okay. Bethesda went to uh, Xbox, so yep, I gotta get yep, it. Yep, that's true. They're my favorite company. I, oh I can't, yeah. Yeah. I like I like Rockstar. I'm a Rockstar. Yeah. Kind of well, they'll be on both. Plus, Game Pass is super cool. PlayStation gotta keep up. Yeah, that's true. That that what twelve dollars for all them games? Yeah, I think it's like twenty dollars, but you get like all the games, and it's got all, all the EA games. games. So I have Madden, yeah. I have everything. And then you get all the first uh, first. Um, First-person shooters and you get all the Xbox. Games. Yeah, all the Xbox exclusive. The yeah. only thing that sucks is that controller sucks balls. You don't like that? I don't like. I like the sticks together. I don't like the sticks offset. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find me an X, uh, uh, Xbox controller to set up like PlayStation somehow. So if anyone knows of one, please send me a link so I can get one. Oh, this was up. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you for doing this. Sorry, I overslept. No, that's no problem, man. Yeah, this guy was very interesting, man. I can't believe I, there's people like this that actually fight and they make pay-per-views. You know what? I was... Uh, I was thinking about Morrison. That. I was thinking about that because you got Andrew... Um, what's the other guy we had on here? Um, um, oh, damn. Ray, you booked a guest, bro. I know. You're I supposed know. to remember. Joe, Jamie never forgets Joe Rogan's guest. Yeah, but I'm different. <laughs> I'm a... I'm a, I'm a special guy. Yeah, you're a special guy. But man. um, yeah, man, it's it's like Joey Morrison of the bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, for real, dude. This guy's like nuts. We gotta we gotta talk to uh, we gotta have on um, David Feldman on again. Yeah, we gotta ask him about this guy. Like, how does he get this guy? And what's the rules about? <laughs> yeah, the headsets, dude. Like, why can he not hear what's going on in the other corner? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's nuts. All right, man. Are you ready to get out of here? You're still looking for the guest. Yeah, I'm out of here. Ray doesn't even know what guest he's looking for. He's back yeah. to por- tentacle porn on his phone. 
As soon as I get home, I'm going to remember. <laughs> we can post in the comments for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what else? The last podcast editing took me so long because they ripped down all the YouTube copy things. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I had to figure out how to copy YouTube without using uh, anything to copy it. Because I want to steal the, all the leg breaks to put it in the video. Okay. So, like, that took me a while to figure out. So, the audio's been posted for, like, a week now, but the video should be posted tomorrow. Because okay. I figured out how to do it. We'll see if it gets torn down or not. If it gets torn down, I'm not going to do it anymore. Okay. Because I got to steal someone else's video to do it. <laughs> I mean, you should use it under fair use. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll credit the person that wrote it. Except yeah. I forgot where I stole it from now. Yeah, <laughs> it's been so long. Because a lot of people still it. Like they, if you look at break MMA break legs, mm-hmm. whatever they got all these videos together. Yeah, I mean they got it from somewhere, right? Yeah, but they, they there wasn't the original. Um, mm-hmm. Except I'm stealing from YouTube. It's already on YouTube, so they're pretty good at finding that shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm just telling everybody our business right now on camera, so we should probably stop talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Yep. And then Ray keeps fucking these videos up because they listen to about one minute of the podcast and Ray keeps, like, fucking up in the first minute talking about COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first thing I mentioned. I forgot about that. Damn. So, I think it torn down yet, but it's not on YouTube yet, so we'll see what happens when it goes up there. Uh, all right. Well, we're out of here. So remember, like and subscribe. Hit the button. Click the bell. Do it now! Right now! I, got, I don't Damn know how to it. stop this. Oh. <laughs> All right.